0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And today we're talking about effective communications. You know, this question got stirred up at our live show where one of our wonderful participants asked us a question, how do we engage with our community without turning them off? And that, you know, Sarah, you and I talk about all sorts of different things and we've never talked about communication. So I think we should we should drill it and drill into this topic.
1: Absolutely. And it's perfect timing, Nancy, because I'm actually struggling with this in my own mind right now at uh, my office. Our organization is about to come up on the end of our fiscal year, and I'm trying to write a kind of year in review reflection piece. And I keep struggling because I think I have to come up with eight new things to say, you know, as I'm going through the checklist in my mind, I think, oh, we've already talked about that. We've already talked about that. Um, And I realize that there are so many things that I just assume people who believe in our mission know about our work and what this last year has been like. But when I quietly ask people about it in casual conversation, I realize most of them don't know those things, even though we've talked about them. Because of course, even our most super fans don't think about our work as much as we do.
0: Isn't that crazy? Don't you wish they did? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Although then I'd have to come up with even more things to talk about all the time. So sometimes it's kind of a beautiful relief to realize that while I remember every word we've ever written or spoken, not everyone else does.
0: Yeah, it is a bit of relief. You know, folks in the nonprofit world are so busy doing the work that we often forget that we need to communicate about the work. Sometimes it's humility. Sometimes it's, you know, I've seen nobody cares so much. You know, I'm just going to do my stuff and and I don't want to bother people. But oftentimes, it's just not taking time to slow down and really reflect on what communications is. You know, I think about that old-fashioned paper cup metaphor of, you know, I've got a paper cup holding up to my mouth, and I'm saying something. And you've got a paper cup held up to your ear, and there's a string attaching them. And it seems like when nonprofit people think about communications, they think about that cup that they're holding up to their mouth. But they're not always thinking about the cup held up to somebody's ear and the string that connects them.
1: Oh, that's such a great image, Nancy. And I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm often so focused on what am I saying that I'm not always thinking about how is what I'm saying heard and in what medium. So I think today we should unpack what we mean by communicating effectively and sort of what are the elements of, of communicating effectively. Um, so I'm going to throw one out as a starting place. I think a good, effective communication starts with a very clear and very simple message. Now, I'm the first person to acknowledge that nonprofits work on hard, complex problems. That's, that's why they're in our sector. <laughs> um, and there are times and places where it is important to get into how multi layered and multifaceted our work is. It's not usually at the beginning, though, of our communications with our community about what we do and why our mission matters. It's really, really important to start with a simple, clear message and really hard to do for those of us embedded in the work. And so I had a wonderful trainer named Nancy Bacon uh, many years ago who uh, loved to just throw out to the group the question, so what? And I hear that voice in my head all the time when I'm working on a communications piece for us. I start getting into the weeds of why this conservation project matters so much. And I just say, wait a minute, Sarah so what? And I find it totally transforms the way I think about writing or speaking a piece.
0: Yeah, it is so helpful. You know, I think that nonprofit communication happens in two modes. We have that increasing energy around like a grant application where you're telling the recipe of your program. You start small and by the end, you're describing the impact your work is having. The other... way to do this is to actually flip that. You start with the transformation and then you work backwards on what the recipe is. And so often I feel that nonprofits use that one way of communicating that grant writing kind of recipe mode for all communication. And when you flip it and you start with the transformation and you work backwards, it actually gets simpler. Your message
1: becomes clearer. Right. You're starting with that. So what? so, so important.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's a second idea for us to talk about that whenever you're building out content, you're writing stories or whatever it is, figure out ways to slice and dice it in so many different ways that one of our core principles is to make things doable. That means that we're not writing 27 different blog stories. We're maybe writing one And then we're finding ways to multipurpose that into social media, a newsletter article, a donor letter, you know, whatever. But we're taking one core body of work and we're slicing and dicing it in lots of different ways.
1: Yeah, I have been challenging myself over the last year to do this better. Because I historically have not done this. How can I take one thing and put it in different forms so that it inspires different types of people? And so, my challenge over the last, I'd say, 18 months has been to, if I'm writing, for example, a newsletter article, I also think about what's the photo and the caption that goes with the photo. Because there are certain people who that's all they'll do, right? They look for the image and the caption. And then I'm thinking about, okay, so I've got a paragraph summary, I've got a whole newsletter article, and I've got a picture and a caption. and those three ingredients, I can now do a social media post using just some of the short versions. I can write my newsletter article. I can send an email to a donor just pulling out, you know, the picture and maybe that paragraph summary. I've got these kind of bits and pieces that I can move around and put into different forms. And when I can do that easily, I'm also then reaching different audiences with the kind of form of messages that they like. And that becomes very effective.
0: That's really powerful, too, because so many of our people are looking at information on their phone, right? And so I might be flipping through Instagram and learn something about the Metal Conservancy, um, which is different from sitting down and actually reading a newsletter.
1: Absolutely. Another kind of idea, this is a really simple one, and I think it's one we know, but I don't know that we do. And as evidenced by my intro today, I'm, I keep reminding myself it's okay to repeat a message. In fact, it should be your mantra to repeat your messages. Other people are not paying as close attention as you are to what you're saying, and they're not remembering what you're doing in the same way that you are. And so it's perfectly okay to share the same content, meaning that same story about a program you've done or a lesson you've learned or an initiative you're hoping to undertake or survey results you're sharing, but just to share it in a slightly different way from a slightly different perspective. And you never know when that third or fourth time someone reads about it, when it'll stick.
0: I think you're so right. There is that, I can't even remember the exact number, but in marketing, somebody has to see it, what, three times, seven times, some number of times. Right. And I think that that's absolutely the case, that people don't remember you as much as you remember you. You know, I like to go to, when I come back from events, I like to ask myself, what did I learn from that? What's one lesson or two lessons or three lessons from that thing I just did? And I really appreciate the opportunity to work out loud. And oftentimes when we repeat things, we're just working out loud in different ways. Like this is one thing I learned. This is a different take on that. You might get different voices. It's It's a great way to really drill down into your messaging.
1: Well, you know, and if if you are really trying to serve your community and you're accountable to your community, then you need to be taking those moments of reflection, right? It's important six months later after you finished a new initiative to think, now what's my take on this? And so it's also a really, the repeatable mantra is also an awesome way to remind your organization to keep reflecting. And this is where effective communications become effective, not just for your external messaging, but also for how you internally look at your programs. I totally agree. Another huge mantra here on the nonprofit radio show, right? Is that you're always, everything you do is grounded in your purpose and your values. And it's really important in your communications that you start there too. So you should always be asking yourself, have I, in my communication, whatever form it is, some way communicated why we exist why we're doing this particular effort, and why I'm telling you this story, and what values about our organization does it reflect. That also gives you an important moment as an organization to pause and make sure that how you're telling your organizational news or story also reflects your organizational values. For example, if you value treating those you serve with respect, if that's one of your kind of core organizational values, then you need to think carefully about how you're sharing any stories about those you serve and you need to make sure you're not sharing their story for them or that in the process of sharing their story, you aren't somehow exploiting them or sending the signal that they need any kind of saving. So how you talk about your programs and clients really does reflect your values.
0: Absolutely. One of our core values on the nonprofit radio show is that animals should be free to come and go as they want. And so, just listeners, I'm watching Sarah's lovely dog try to leave the office. So, feel free to let that sweet animal out because I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of honoring people the way they want to be honored. And that is using an asset framing idea to to celebrate the hope and strengths of people and not their deficits. That we have a role in the nonprofit sector to address the systemic issues that hold people back and not to speak about people individually in terms of what they're lacking. So I think that's a really
1: important point. Absolutely. And the more that your communications do reflect your values and the more you reflect on that in your communications, the more you're spreading your mission and the more you're able to signal to people, this is what we stand for. And that then invites them in. Another thing that we really need to talk about though,
0: and this gets right to the question that was originally asked in the live show is, is sharing information with the people who want to know how they want to know it, right? You know, I need to to do some truth telling here, and that's I'm part of a nonprofit community that I care a lot about, and they honestly over communicate. I get invited to. It seems like the UN has hundreds of International Day of <laughs> Women, Children, the Environment, and everything else under the sun. There's probably 365 of them, and I feel that I get newsletters and invited to house parties and. Um, all of that for every single one of those days. Sarah, help me. Like, How, how do we like make sure that people communicate the way people want to receive that communication?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point, Nancy. So I think we have on the nonprofit spectrum, we have those, as you mentioned, those humble organizations who are like, oh, no one else would want to hear from us. And then you've got the organizations who, who hear at a conference, like you should be communicating a lot. And then they communicate every day. Oh my God, the phone calls from board members. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So there's a sweet spot in the middle, Um, but most importantly, there's a sweet spot for each party or entity or person, organization you're trying to communicate with. And I'm just always going to go back to the simple solution of asking. So for example, in my organization, I actually have an opportunity for everyone who gets our newsletter to tell us. How you'd like to, how much information would you like to receive from us? Are you a like, I want to know everything you're doing at all times. And I categorize that group of donors or supporters or class takers in our case, or landowners we work with, anybody. It's not just a donor thing. Or I'm happy with whatever schedule you guys think is the right schedule. (laughs) You, You just do what you want. And the, I really don't want to hear from you very much. I trust that you're doing good work and I'll go seek out information on you on my own. And I try to respect those categories. And if someone doesn't answer or tell me, then they get in the middle one, right? I'll, I'll make a judgment on what's the right middle ground. But otherwise, I try to really respect that. And it, it's a really interesting way to segment out your audience. It's not by their capacity to give or whether they're clients you serve or whether they're, you know, it's by how, how much do they want to know about our thinking out loud and are working. And when you segment it that way, it's a really interesting way to get yourself thinking through. And um, who am I communicating with in what form that they like? That's what's effective. It's really the
0: Goldilocks syndrome, isn't it? That we don't want too little or too much. We want to just write. And what just write is really varies by person.
1: And that's where being a small nonprofit is awesome, right? It's because your, your database is small. You can actually keep track of that kind of thing. And you can actually ask people and they'll actually answer. So use this one. Use this one. Yeah. So our last
0: thought is that any information shared is paired with an invitation for them to be part of your movement. And again, you know, we talk about nonprofits in terms of movement makers. And that means that anytime you you communicate verbally or in writing or in Instagram or whatever, that there's an invitation to be involved, to learn more, to be a bigger part of the community, but that that communication opens the
1: door. I want to be absolutely clear as someone who loves fundraising, that that invitation should not always be asking for money. Right, And in fact, most of the time, the vast majority of the time, in fact, almost all of the time, it should not be asking for money. That invitation in should be some other way for someone to show their support of your work. Maybe it's doing a small piece of advocacy on behalf of an issue uh, relative to your mission. Maybe it's volunteering. Maybe it's share this with a neighbor who you think might be interested. I mean, they can be tiny calls to action. But again, if you think of your communications as an invitation in, instead of a, I'm pushing information out at you, but how can I pull you in and realize you can help us make this difference? You really start to think of it differently.
0: I love that. I'm going back to my paper cup metaphor, and I'm almost imagining that it starts out with a really long string and that slowly that string is getting shorter and shorter. And pretty soon you're, you're standing much closer to each other, hopefully six feet apart, but but (laughs)
1: that's a great, great idea. So the word of the week is invite. Sarah, why did you choose that word? Well, I chose that word because for me, it's, it's also what reminds me to not think about my communications as telling. I'm not, telling you, Nancy, all the amazing things we do or telling you what we need. But and I'm not even trying to show if I think I'm trying to invite you to be a part of our movement. I I word things really, really differently. And I think it makes them far more compelling to you as the person on the other end of that paper cup. Think about it. An invitation is not only a reminder that something has happened, like I am about to have a birthday, but it's also a kind reflection that I'd like you join, to join me um, in celebrating this thing that's about to happen, and then also providing you with a few clear directions on how you can do that if you want to.
0: I love that. You know, when I first saw the word and was reflecting on it, I was picturing in my head of that host at the door welcoming someone into a room, a nice warm room with candles and delicious food. And when you're inviting somebody into a home or a, a special place, you want to make sure they find connection. And that means you need to know them and what they care about. And it's about building that that bridge to between them and your organization. And it's it's about building that community.
1: Absolutely. You know, we know that sometimes it is hard to take a moment and just share the news from your organization. I know for me that The newsletter gets pushed back and back and back with every week. We all care so much about our causes that when we reach a milestone or a reflection point, we tend to just want to put our heads down and get to work on the next part of our mission. I think our listeners can probably relate to that feeling. But actually pausing to communicate about a success or a failure or about what you've learned or about how your mission has changed through your experiences, it's not a luxury. And it's not just a fundraising tactic. It's how you gain vital perspective on your work and it's what causes you to pause and think about your purpose and values. And it's how you invite people into your movement. So taking the time to effectively communicate about what you've been doing can be as important as the doing itself. You've got this.
0: Thank you for listening to the nonprofit radio show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Map Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.